welcome back to another episode of On Repeat, the podcast with me, Hattie Winter. And me, Ellie Rashid. So it's really exciting this week because we have Naomi Johnson with Ooh. us, who is a songwriter based in Brighton. She's hugely passionate about musical theatre, and as her friends have said, she is heart-wrenching, sit-by-the-window kind of cry-ballad thing, which I kind of, uh, I think is such a beautiful description and something I think we can all relate to in our own way, whether it's sort of sitting on the train and watching those sort of raindrops <laughs> fly like teardrops, you know, that kind of thing, I guess. Um, but she's been writing songs for over 10 years and has written for and worked with various publishing houses, artists and charities, such as Sport Relief emotions I feel like a little bit of a fraud because yeah I've been writing for 10 years but when you look at what I was writing 10 years ago it's just like it's not great it's definitely not not good enough to sit by the window and cry to it although <laughs> if I listen to it back now that's exactly what I would be doing so, <laughs> crying um, it depends what kind of crying I guess. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think um, makes them kind of embarrassing because that's such a common thing we spoke to Brooke Bentham about this as well when she read out her mm. old lyrics and found them embarrassing and I definitely have the same thing I think Nina Fine I think actually she liked her old songs. oh yeah hers was quite like uh like mature Profound. everyone else's yeah. was definitely like not <laughs> yeah in a good yeah. way but what do you find it kind of like embarrassing about your old tunes then yeah, good question. I think I don't want to be that person that is like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, stop. But I do think, well, I think there's definitely a place where like, there's no point looking back at old songs and being like, oh, I want to change this, I want to change this, because it is like a, a process, you know, you grow every song you write. Well, that's the plan at least. But um, so I do want to be that person that's like, yeah, it was bad, but it's where I am now that's important. But if you really go back, <laughs> like you really go back, it's just like, I've, I mean, I must have been like 12, 13, singing about wanting to hold hands with a boy or about how amazing butterflies are. Like, it's just, it's not great. It's really not great. Do you have any of the lyrics? You don't have to share them. I, oh, do I have lyrics? Um, I'm going to say no for the sake of my integrity. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you'd want to. I think you would be cutting this bit out if you did hear it. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, not... Not, not my finest hour, let's say. It's funny, though, because so many of us kept diaries when we were younger. And the thought of looking back at them, depending on how long ago it was, is really cringeworthy. But then I've had diaries I've revisited from, say, I don't know, me being eight years old. And I actually find them really endearing um, just to see, like, I don't know. Like, I, I would have found it cringy if I was, like, 12. Right. Do, do you get what I mean? So I wonder if totally. you will look back on those songs and be like, ah, mm. you know. Potentially. 
Yeah, I think if there's a bigger gap in my skill between where I was then and where I will be, like if I get progressively better at writing that I can look back and find it funny, now I'm just like, <laughs> oh goodness, I hope I've gotten better <laughs> since that oh. age. Oh, <laughs> um, um, if, if you were looking at your kind of music on a timeline, so back then was like the beginning and where you are then, where you are now is where you yeah. are now. What, what do you think was like the turning point of when your music maybe maybe did start to mature or sound different? Interesting. I think because at first I wanted to do the whole artist thing. I think that was, I was really passionate about that and kind of didn't know that there was a place to be a writer and be behind the scenes, Mm. which is like perfect for me. It's exactly what I want to do. But at that time I was like, yeah, I'll be the next Ed Sheeran. Let's go. That's easy, right? Um, So I think I definitely, because I've definitely defined myself as quite English and quite awkward and I was crapping myself for this, so you'll see. But I think I kind of played into that a little bit. So not the lack of maturity, but almost the honesty and the, I guess there is a line between being childish and being blatant about it in terms of like lyrics that you don't need to know. Um, I'm trying to think. I I wrote a song called You Are My Genre. And the first line is, I'm playing in C because it's the easiest key. And I mean, that's just like, ugh. Uh, bad writing but and what's ironic is the song was in b so i'm a fraud (laughs) it wasn't um but yeah no i think turning point wise it's when i decided okay maybe i don't want to be an artist maybe that's not the thing that i want to do and i started looking into more musical theater stuff and stuff that i'll happily say like it's not cool it's not trendy music but it's great i love it it's like cheesy as anything which is kind of the path that i'm down now um which which is really fun i think there is a there's a line to be like okay don't make it too cheesy and don't I I think I'm I can joke about being not cool and like oh yeah my music's not cool but actually there's a little bit inside of me that does die when I think about that so um just because well yeah I think it's cool in that it serves its purpose as a cheesy musical theater song but it's not necessarily something that you're gonna I don't know drive late night drives to I guess yeah no I think the turning point was definitely when I decided right okay let's not do the artist thing what else can I do um, I went to Leeds College of Music for a year, not even that, a term and a half, let's say, and started at that point, I was like, okay, I need to sort out the plan because I don't have one right now. Um, mm. And it was at that point that I started writing songs for kids and for schools, which I guess was kind of like turning point 2.0. <laughs> um, so it's kind of gone back and forth, a bit of a zigzag. But and honestly, I feel like I'm still waiting for another turning point, which I'm hoping everyone else feels the same. Is Definitely. that a normal feeling? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a collective okay. hope and yes. wish for a turning point for sure. <laughs> Especially when times are 2020. Um, oh gosh, 2021 now. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's normal though, isn't it? To just you know, especially as a musician, to just constantly be looking at different avenues you can go through depending on your skill set do you Mm. feel like there's a lot of crossover between writing children's songs and musicals big time I think and that's great I think it's a good thing in that I'm in my little bubble of like skill set I guess in terms of being really emotive and being really clear um and then you get the really niche bit where it's musicals for schools and that's just like the dream Mm. however (laughs) I it's a hard one to get into, and I feel like whilst I'm establishing myself in that world, if you look at the pop world, it's almost like there's no there's no crossover, which is a tough thing to... It's hard to feel like, oh, yeah, I can do this, but what if I want to jump ship at some point? What if the money's over there? Or what if I'm passionate about that or whatever? Um, but I think even increasingly in the last year, I've noticed with pop music, it's so much more... There's a self-consciousness about lyrics now and an honesty that is really nice, and I think that's 
definitely it's not maybe not stemming from musical theatre but there are parallels mm -hmm. so there's hope yet for me to write some pop tunes definitely. definitely yeah I mean I also <laughs> think if you do think about the parallel between like musical theatre and pop I think because everyone's obviously been stuck inside for such a long time I think people are really gonna want to see shows and I think there's nothing better than when you go to a you go to a, a live gig and like it's really nice to see the band but it's really nice to have a spectacle I saw um Drake whenever he was in London and it's like you know he's a he's a solo artist he does like R&B rap kind of stuff really um, and I think that's actually quite a difficult thing to hold the audience for such a long time as a single person but yeah. he really put on a show and had that mm. performative element so I think we are going to see more of that especially oh, because yeah, I'm so excited and we're all so sick of being <laughs> inside and like he had drones and yeah very cool oh, stuff days. and I think yeah we'll see more like big big things happening fingers for crossed. sure I think the thing you say about musicals as well is so true in theatre it's something I'm definitely missing quite a lot recently mm. I mean I know we, we all are aren't we um and we were speaking about musicals actually it's funny we're speaking about musicals yeah. again um we only yeah. we sort of had a whole term where we didn't speak about musicals but <laughs> it seems to be such a fundamental part of people's de musical development um and we are yeah we've only spoken about it once with Lucy Liu and it's so interesting that you mention it as well I, I wonder what were the musicals that really kind of got you going when mm. you were younger yes yeah good question as well Great question. Okay, I feel like judgment is coming if I say the wrong <laughs> thing. I think um, I'm one of those people that I know this isn't growing up, but I only really got into Hamilton when they recently released it on Disney Plus. I could never get a ticket, and it was always too expensive, oh, so I could only yeah. see it on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's almost a, a turning point. Can I define it as that? And that when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, maybe musical theatre is cool. That's great. Um, but in terms of growing up, kind of a mix of things. So my parents, they're also songwriters, which has been, I wouldn't be where I am today, where I am today, um, <laughs> if it wasn't for them. So they, they've they been writing musicals and stuff that I've kind of just grown up with and would listen to like on repeat on a little like matte pink CD player where you click the track and you click repeat and I fall asleep to it. So that's definitely gone in somewhere. Um, I think in terms of West End stuff, probably Annie which I'm recently discovering that people don't know what that is like I thought that was like holy grail but supposedly not people, I think the music in Annie is unreal people don't know Annie like they don't yeah. know the story they don't yeah oh, they're like bizarre. who's Annie bizarre I know I'm hanging out with the wrong people there were a couple I think the most recent one I'm not sure I feel like they they made all the songs into like kind of hip-hop which is which is sick you can do that but the original tracks definitely are like somewhere special in my heart mm. um so yeah, definitely that. I'm trying to think. Billy Elliot's unreal. I think the music in that. But equally, that's like so many of those songs are like sit by the window and watch the rain fall and cry. So like, right. And also there, when you were talking about things being very British and kind of even uncool, those themes are so central to Billy Elliot, aren't they? That kind of like- Big time. Like thinking about the way that you sing is the way that I always think of actually a, a lot of male singers sing obviously you don't sound like a male singer but the style <laughs> is something that you would expect from like an indie male singer yeah. and I've actually never heard of a female that kind of encompasses that but it's interesting the Billy Elliot link and the uncool yeah. I actually wanted to bring it back um to the sort of uncool 
dorky thing because <laughs> some people are, are starting to wonder whether that's becoming really popular now, especially through oh, TikTok. Definitely. Yeah, like, is it... Mm. Um, like that super lonely song. Like I was watching all like loads of music videos recently because I've realized that I've mainly just listened to Spotify and just seeing that, yeah, it looks like dorky is kind of in and like, I have no idea personally what defines cool. I, I really don't know. Maybe that's uncool or cool. I have no idea. But what to you defines cool and uncool? Like how do you think of it? And also, yeah, what makes you think that your uncle and do you think it helps with your songs? I I almost do. I think some of it is a fear of coming across as arrogant or a fear of like, I think being a creative, if you're not a creative, there's some kind of mystery behind it. So I'm always so worried if I say like, oh yeah, I'm a songwriter. People think like, oh, you sleep in the studio and you're like smashing out so many hits all the time. And I'm like, honestly, I'm writing songs about tractors. Like, <laughs> honestly, that's what's happening right now for, for like kids in school. So some of it is like I want to be transparent and kind of give people a reality check of yeah it's, it's and I love it and I'm not playing it down at all it's an amazing job and I wouldn't want to do anything else but I, I hate the idea of coming across like oh I'm so superior I'm a songwriter like I just some of it is like keeping it real and like yeah I'm kind of not cool but if that makes me more likable and more endearing then I'll, I'll take it you know mm. um it's hard though I don't know if there's ever a place where does anyone know what cool is it, I feel like it changed too quickly. I feel, I totally agree. And I also <laughs> feel that I was looking at like language and it's like, what's what word has maintained its kind of usage? And I feel like the only word is cool. Everyone says cool. Everyone knows what it means. Cool is the only cool word, if that yeah. makes sense. And everything else is just transient. And I yeah. don't know. And I also think with like sort of things like TikTok, I think I think the power of something like TikTok is also because it like does focus on the mundane and the boring. So you have like Instagram, mm -hmm. which is like, this is my very like curated version of my life. And TikTok is like the actual, your actual life. Yeah, so behind it's the scenes. The behind yeah. the scenes bit. Definitely, definitely. So I think that all ties in. I don't have TikTok, um, but now you've you said that. I know you keep, say, you keep saying this, <laughs> but now you've said it, that makes sense. Cause whenever anyone shows me any TikTok videos, I always look at them thinking, why is this so badly done? yeah it's like the unfiltered real life version it's I love it it's great I feel like we need a little bit of that in life oh yeah Definitely. we did go so far one way didn't we and I, mean, I think also you can see that in music we went so far with like auto-tune and now it's mm. sort of coming coming back again it's coming back <laughs> yes. what um yeah what musical do you wish that you'd written by the way I saw you oh, posted so a uh, a picture on your Instagram saying what song do you wish you'd written but yeah what musical yes oh that's tough would it still be like your Annie that's or your so Billy hard. Elliot or would it be something because I wish I wrote Chicago that's my oh not yeah. even a guilty great pleasure answer. that's my just pleasure great answer that's tough I think um because I guess for context my dream where I want to be is like oh yeah writing for Disney oh yeah writing for musicals so Ooh, yeah I think in terms of just West End stuff in terms of having the skills to do something like Hamilton, like that's not, I almost can't say I wish I could because it's almost a joke, but there's just no way, you know, like he's just a genius. And that's the kind of rap and the hip hop and all the infusions of genres is super clever, but also just like not, not, not my scene, but I couldn't even try. So part of me is like, yeah, that would be sick. That would be so cool to be able to do that. Um, but I would say the more melodic, I think my strength definitely lies in melodies um, and emotive melodies. So I probably would say something like Annie. 
um, or something that's been adapted from Disney. But equally, things like um, Mamma Mia, Abba's Tunes, never going to get old. So Love that stuff. Timeless. Timeless. Yeah. Did we just... <laughs> Absolutely. So, so in sync. <laughs> yeah, so in sync. Oh, my goodness. What's wrong? Yeah. What would, what would you write, Ellie? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. And, and, I, and was I knew like... you were going to try and escape the questions. I was like, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I was sort of panicking in my head because I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But recently... Um, my boyfriend and I were going through our favourite Disney songs one after the other. Mm. So he play his favourite or most memorable for whatever reason. And then I play my most memorable and it just sort of went back and forth. And I think a lot of them um, that stick with you are not just the songs, but the interludes for me. So like, mm. okay, I don't know if this counts as a musical actually, probably not. Even though Matilda's a musical, but you know the film Matilda? Um, that yep. kind of intro music where she's growing up and going to the library. That do 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 do. I love like things like that, and I guess things like oh, this. I, I really like the Disney classics that are almost like classical crossover. So I was watching um, a group called Voctive and they're like an acapella group I don't normally like things like that but this was so good you should check it out it's on YouTube and it's a Disney princess me me medley sorry medley I was gonna say melody love that Mel medleys of melodies and it's got like someday my prince will come the really fluffy version again I have no idea that's even a that's not really a musical is it and then like colors of the wind um any Mulan? Mulan was always of course Mulan, Mulan, um, reflection, and what's <sighs> the one from Little Mermaid as well? Like, oh, what is it? Part, part of your world. That's it. I don't remember Straight anything from Little Mermaid at all. It's my least Out of the really? memorable Wish one. I oh. could be that one. Sound of music. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh my god, I, I don't know. Sound of music. Sorry, I haven't even answered yeah. your question. I don't know. <laughs> one of those. One of those. <laughs> Too many answers. your influences you mentioned your parents um and yeah. obviously you come from we haven't mentioned this yet but you come from a really talented mm. creative family obviously I know you through um your brother Dom who is yeah. actually playing drums on our intro music so shout out to is Dom he? Yeah, he is. I, I love you don't even know <laughs> I didn't know that I've heard that intro music so many times yeah That's yeah so funny. So it's actually him and uh, wow. it's years ago, and <laughs> Sam as well, um, and Chloe, your sister-in-law. Like, it's just a very yeah. talented family, lovely parents. So talk us through all of that. How was it being the youngest in such mm. a creative household? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I think job-wise, technically I'm the only one that's like pursuing the full-time music thing, which to me is kind of laughable because I look up at what they can do and it's kind of like... I know I'm biased because we're related, <laughs> but they're great. And like, yeah. Um, but no, it was so, it was so idyllic, honestly. Like some of it's, I want to say that there's never really silence in our house, which is sometimes great. But you know, when you just have those days, <laughs> you need, you need some peace and quiet and light a candle. Um, but no, it was, it was really great. I think I'm, they, 
they kind of push me to want to be better and want to do better. I know that in terms of music, especially Dom, and I'm sure you'll vouch for this, Ellie, he's really eclectic in terms of his music taste, um, which is so good. But I am the opposite. I am like, and I'm the same with Netflix or anything. I watch something, I like it. I'm going to rewatch that. Like, I'm fine with that, um, living a sheltered life. But <laughs> it's, and I know it's a bad thing because in terms of writing, it's like the more you listen to, the more you'll soak up, the more you're going to be more diverse and everything. Um, so I definitely think for Dom, it's such a inspiration to be like, if he's about, I'm, I have no idea what's playing, but it's great and I love it. And it's often something jazzy and something that you can't tap along to and it hurts your head, which is definitely going to make you some, somewhat more musical somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big time. Um, so yeah, I think what's really nice as well, they're, they're both moved out, but when they come back, it's so nice to be able to reconnect over music and to hang out oh that sounded so cringy no it's but beautiful <laughs> it's kind of you know <laughs> it's this kind of unspoken thing that it's just something that we can do and um it's great and also in terms of getting feedback and it's mm. tricky because again they're biased because they're not going to say that it's crap but um yeah it's really nice to be able to play and my parents as well as writers it's really nice to get feedback and feel like it's a safe space to be like, if you hated it, I'd like to think that you would say, change this, change that. Um, so I think it's quite a unique position to be in. I'm definitely super grateful for it. Yeah. Um, I suppose they... So yeah, no, I love it. I suppose they could be a bit more like, I guess it would be, but like constructive as opposed to just like yeah. your friends that are going to be like, yeah, sounds nice. <laughs> but they, yeah. don't know, yeah. they don't know what they're kind yeah. of listening to or like what the kind of suppose, like, brief is. They can only... Yeah. give you a, a certain answer at least they at least they're exactly from this that. you're from the same world even if you're living in like different countries <laughs> yeah exactly that no it's great I think it's always funny hearing feedback from friends of like yeah I really like it and you were like yeah what do you like and that's where the conversation <laughs> yeah. kind of ends that's like, it. that bit with the <laughs> <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah cheers for that because you're both your parents do um have have done such similar uh things to what you're doing now and out of the arc um is pretty well known do you ever feel like because it's your kind of parents area of expertise do you ever clash with them on ideas did they kind of teach you how to sort of develop a formula for these songs or do you really go with your own style you say you've really got your own thing you know whereas they might be or was like dom for example might be quite eclectic yeah what's what's that like that that kind of working relationship yeah. with your parents <laughs> that's interesting yeah, it's and I do I do co-write with them like quite a lot. It's not something that I necessarily overly advertise because I'm definitely scared that it looks like I'm sponging off them. But we so I came back from uni and I was like, right, I've written a couple. I wrote a song about a tractor and that got published with them and little bits and bobs here and there. And it got to the point where it was like, right, should we just get in the studio once a week and see what happens? And I'm up to that point. I was like the master of my songs and that if I wanted to write a bad lyric I wasn't going to stop myself from doing it whereas when you get in a room with your parents it's like it's a different environment I think it definitely took some getting used to and I think what's cool but also tricky is that they have such a um obviously the two of them they have such a good balance between them in terms of skills and just how they work they've been doing it for 30 years at least so they've got it down but it's almost an unspoken thing Whereas I'm not good with that. If it's silent, if I'm like, what do you think of this? And no one says anything, I'm going to get annoyed. <laughs> like, Guys, you're listening to me. Um, whereas they're like ticking away and they're working on a different line. So it definitely, in terms of working with them, it took a lot of time, but it's brought on my skills by like tenfold because 
I think, like I say before, I'd come up with a lyric and I kind of wouldn't vet it. I'd be like, yeah, that'll do. It rhymes. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, and especially for kids as well, you've got vocab, obviously obvious words that you can't use, but in terms of language and the simplicity of it, but also making it not sound like, I don't know, something that's just awful. Um, so it's definitely a skill in itself. But yeah, I've learned so much over the last, we've been writing together for nearly four years now. Mm. So, and that kind of progressed. We've done musicals together. We've done lots of different stuff. So it's been really fun. Um, it's nice to feel, it's kind of a weird feeling. It's quite humbling to feel like I've grown up watching them as a team, killing it. And now to some kind of extent, I'm part of that team. And that's so, to think about it, it's so weird. It's so strange, but it's great. I love so it. so lovely. Very, very Shout blessed. Out parents. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in yeah. Uh, positions where I've written songs for children, uh, for choirs, not in the same way as you, just, you know, when I've been asked to do it and then we have a concert and it's more so that I can tailor songs for the children that I know. And um, actually your brother was playing at one of the gigs and he suggested, obviously being from your family, um, that I wrote a song about mental health. He probably doesn't remember this. And I was like, yeah, that's such a good idea. I can't remember having things like that when I was growing up. Do you feel like mm. themes have changed in terms of songwriting for children now? And what kind of things are you drawn to? Yeah, I think definitely. I would like to think so. And that even in terms of like the legacy that my parents are creating and leaving is that I think that's their main goal is that you can learn so much through music, whether it's maths or music itself or learning about yourselves or relationships or whatever it might be. So I definitely think there are, there are there's room for that. It's not that music has to be you go into a hall and you sing a hymn and then you leave and you forget about it. I think it's definitely important. Mm. And music is so powerful. Like I think more than, more than any of us are aware, even people that rely on it and do it for a job, I think it's definitely important to touch on those, especially for kids as well. I think not... I don't want to say the word neglected, but it just, it wasn't a thing when I, at least when I was in school. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it, I think the whole relationship thing and the whole, especially in today's society where there's so much pressure, it goes back to what we we're saying about Instagram and the whole perfect thing versus TikTok. It's definitely increasingly important to be real and to be open and having a conversation. And I know it doesn't really seem like you're not going to start singing like, oh, I feel pressured to get 11 likes on Instagram, but that kind of that kind of feeling of there needs to I definitely think there needs to be more of a discussion if music can be a platform for that which I definitely believe it can then why not yeah definitely it's actually like I think um what you were saying earlier on you're like my music's not very cool I mean is there anything more cool than kind of giving people an outlet at such an early age and mm. kind of like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's actually like a quite a, it's quite a yeah. big responsibility actually to kind of yeah to kind of be the first forays into like, I don't know, like a young mind's like first exploration of like wide, maybe like wider thoughts and or, being, yeah. or having at least like a, a group of people to then talk to about those thoughts and feelings and articulate it. Like, mm. yeah, you might not necessarily be number one on BBC One Extra, <laughs> but... That's yeah, quite yeah. fleeting. Hattie, we this can't is... ruin Naomi's brand. She wants to be uncool. <laughs> and we're just establishing <laughs> right, how cool she actually is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shall we just start again? Let's go. Yeah, just delete. Just stop right now. I'll leave. That's I'll funny. Leave. But um, yeah, I think you definitely do yourself a disservice. That's doing <laughs> important role. I think the responsibility thing is really interesting because I definitely think of it in terms of obviously themes, but even musically, and just not dumbing stuff down for kids. I think that kids are a lot more capable than oh, we God, yeah. appreciate, especially for musically. Sure. 
Um, there's some Ariana Grande stuff that I can't sing, and there are five-year-olds like walking along the street singing it. I'm like, okay, you can take this. Let's give you some interesting melodies. So I think in terms of having a responsibility for giving them a music education, that's something that's really important because I've had that through my parents, and I've mm. kind of seen how that's been really right. It's been great for me. So it'll be that's that's probably the most rewarding part of, I guess, the job is when you've written the tracks. You've gone through amendments, you've stressed about it, you've sweated about it, but then you get in the studio and you watch, so we have like a kid's choir who perform it, and you watch them sing it and you watch them smiling and then you see them a year later and they're still singing it and it's like, ah, oh, I love my job, this is great. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. It's, satisfaction. it's such an interesting debate as well about the uh, melodies of Ariana Grande and things like that, because it's so true. Most kids, <laughs> like I work in early years and, you know, naught to five year olds. Yeah, they are singing Drake. Who's not though? Come yeah, on. yeah. Hattie's <laughs> just like promoting Drake. Like, the, like she's been paid. So, you know, what do you expect? I love that. But, um, but you know they are and it, it and it's true because in education we have such an emphasis um on on classical music and classical education the grade system that are respected uh, usually whatever that even means um you know they're, they're classically based maybe you might have the odd musical uh but but actually what you can learn from kind of more unconventional learning and internalizing through rhythm you, you can get from pop music, like, because you can dance to pop music. And I say pop music, you know, it, but popular music, anything that's not necessarily classical, but having mm. that mix is, is so important. And it's so great to hear that you incorporate that kind of thing into your writing, because that is, that is contemporary, isn't it? It's relevant. I wonder, when you were speaking about getting in the studio like once a week with your parents and things like that. That's interesting um, because we speak to some people who kind of just, they don't have that same kind of structure with their songwriting. You have to write, say, mm. like once a week. How is it having to sort of, does it ever feel like you're forcing that creativity? Do you have a way that you, mm. yeah. you monitor that or encourage the creative juices to flow? Is it ever really difficult to yeah. force that out? I think I can see why that would be such a problem for a lot of people. I, I'm not, though I wish I was, one of those people that woke up with symphonies or amazing song ideas in their head. For me, it is quite a conscious thing. I get the odd lyric idea here and there and jot it down, but mainly it's, right, sit down at the piano and kind of see what happens. And I think the reason I enjoy that is that there's an excitement in that. There's a, like, who knows what's going to happen kind of thing, which is kind of, unless you're writing to a brief and you're two weeks behind, there's excitement in that and it's something that's enjoyable rather than stressful. So I think... I definitely, we kind of said, we used to joke about that, right, bums on seats, two days a week, let's go. And it, it just works. I think in terms of killing the creativity process, it's definitely a numbers game and that there are three of us. So there's three times this chance that something, hopefully something will happen. <laughs> um, but on that second day, especially if it's back to back, second day in the studio when you've had your lunch and the coffee's kind of worn <laughs> off, that's where it's like, okay. At that point, it's like, right, let's go for a walk and let's get some air. And I think... Because that's what my parents have been doing it for so long. They are, they're very aware of when it's like, right, we've hit that point now. <laughs> Let's go and like get a cup of tea and come back. And um, so I think consistency, especially for me, I, I'm quite like, I like things organized. I'm going to schedule everything in, which is an awful career choice because it's so unknown and so yeah. unstable. Like I want something more rigid. I need to be in a nine to five really. But um, the idea of like, right, I know I'm going to write on this day. I know I'm going to write on this day. 
it's just it's nice to have that structure for me I think I don't worry about oh but what if I don't write anything this year because last year ended up being way more songs than I've ever even like attempted before just from consistency and showing up and they're not all going to be good I think the thing that I'm learning is I think it was Ed Sheeran that's oh I've mentioned him way too much I promise I listen to other stuff I've mentioned him way too much today um he said something like one in a hundred songs will be good and he used to write like four or five a day and then it's a numbers game right I, yeah. I used to joke about it being similar to dating and like the more guys you date you'll find the right one you're gonna get a good one one in every hopefully it's better than one in every <laughs> ten but you yeah. know <laughs> hopefully yeah, exactly. yeah so numbers game I think yeah they weren't all my finest songs but I don't think I don't think anyone just boshes out hit after hit after hit after. Well, I like to think not, but yeah. I hope I'm not. sure there's someone, but I think there are quite few and far between. Is that the phrase? Yeah. 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 It's funny because it's not the um, first time that a dating analogy has been used. I think somebody mentioned Tinder <laughs> and finding the right uh, collaborations through Tinder like as well. Like yeah. You're so right. I like that. I like that dating thing. Love that. That'll go on mm, the audio. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was also gonna say, oh no, it's completely gone because I'm gonna go for my other thing we'll come back. Um, in terms of like writing to a brief with your work, like what kind of like what do you mean by that? What does it look like? If somebody's listening and they're like, Oh, this is actually something I really wanna pursue, um, the behind the scenes songwriter, but maybe more yeah, for like younger people. Yeah. What is a brief? What yeah what can people expect? I think I think it can really vary and I think because I'm in quite a niche area at the minute of doing a lot of stuff for schools or looking at musical theatre stuff it really can vary from literally write a song about a tractor or if you're looking at the more pop or sync or commercial side of things it can be as vague as like oh we want we want a poppy kind of song here are three tracks that sound kind of similar to what you want off you go and that's all you get and I think the reason that I prefer the the first is that it's more specific and I know I know I'm going to be closer to the mark, if that makes sense. It's again, it's that whole like, I like to be organized. I like to know what's happening every second of every day. I like to know exactly what you want me to write. So, um, which is maybe why I'm not perhaps pursuing that whole pop sync thing so much. But in terms of the briefs that I'll get, normally they're projects. So recently we've just done like a key stage two project. So looking at the curriculum of schools and thinking, okay, how can we bring music into this? What can we, what can we do to mix it up, I guess? So I think because of the nature of working with my parents on a lot of this stuff, they have authority within their field whereby they can change a brief if they want to. And I kind of get the benefits of that. I'm like, okay, I'll go along with that. That's fine. Um, works for me. So I definitely have it easy in terms of briefs. But I personally, I think I prefer writing to them just because it's, it's clear cut and it's, okay, I know what I'm doing today. I know what the goal mm. is. Let's go. Rather than like the destination. Yeah, exactly kind of that. And again, that I feel like, it's bad to expect that within the music industry and like no one knows I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow let alone in five years time and that scares the hell out of me but if it's little things like okay I've got an exact brief that's like okay I can do this I can do one thing at a time kind of thing um yeah yeah for sure but so yeah you have to do a lot of research um as well so you'll look at like the curriculum and what's going on it's not just like I'm just 10 year olds want to talk about <laughs> what at like TikTok or whatever yeah. and they're like no yeah. like, we really need to do something about science you're like nope yeah. <laughs> you, you have to do research and works it's not like literally all fun and games yeah I mean I research is done I'd be lying if I said it was something that I personally do and sit down and scan through the curriculum and stuff there's a whole team of people that kind of that is their role 
Um, so mostly we'll get like an A4 call sheet with lots of different topics, the area of a triangle, how to work out this and that, which I didn't know how to do. So writing these tracks about like, oh, add it up and divide by two. This is great. I love <laughs> My maths has come on like tenfold in the last couple of months. Um, so yeah, no, research wise, I think the musicals is definitely more where the research is involved, which is really enjoyable, actually. If it's something like watching a film and taking some nice quotes and stuff like that, it's don't mind kicking back with some popcorn and watching a film. Um, I really didn't consider that that's what people would have to do, but now I feel really dense for (laughs) thinking that you just wouldn't do that. (laughs) I kind of think there's an element to school musicals that are really, really quirky, or at least they were at my school. Uh, We just used to do Mm. the most random stuff. (laughs) I remember we had a school... We had a school musical called Gel, and it was meant to be a mix between Grease and Hairspray. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. And it was like, I remember the action. See, these things stick with you, internalising the rhythm. They do, um, they do. It was like, Gel, you need gel to smell. So swell if you want to make a date. Don't hesitate, be grateful that you got gel, gel. Gel, you ain't nothing without gel. That was it. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, so true. And it just so uses true. fragments <laughs> of all different genres and all different musicals and all like it's got references everywhere, and it's so strange. But I love how for school musical writing, it's it is quite a niche, and you can kind of do hmm. whatever you want, like within reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think you've got more poetic license. <laughs> <laughs> I um I was thinking the whole time that we've been having this wonderful conversation about school uh, songs and musicals and things like that. It was quite different from when we were introducing you because yeah. I was saying mm. how uh, through your blurb, how, you know, your song is pretty much music to cry to. How is it writing <laughs> depressing music to cry to versus the complete opposite end of probably widely speaking happy songs like actual happy songs is it harder to write happy or sad songs as well oh that's tough oh good point good question i definitely think the take i don't want the takeaway from this is that i write sad songs for kids. <laughs> that's, not, that's definitely not what i'm going for um so i kind of see like two branches to my writing um i think the disney thing you cross over because obviously you get those ballads within disney where it's like why has this happened to me and blah 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 mm. i think the the sad stuff the more maybe more melodic stuff is from when I started writing for myself I kind of made the decision right I don't want to be an artist but I don't want to just write about tractors you know um so started writing for my own stuff and I think the reason that it's not something that I've necessarily pursued so much is that it's really hard in terms of finding a market for that I think more recently with like Lewis Capaldi and these ballads Part of me is like, there's always you're always going to have that power balance somewhere in the charts. You look through the top mm. 40, there's going to be mm-hmm. one somewhere, which is really encouraging. But I think I, in terms of my influences, and again, it comes back to listening to the same music. I've grown up on like a lot of John Mayer, Jamie Cullum, like really melodic stuff and like to an extent power mm. ballad, emotive stuff, which is great. But the number of times I've been told like, oh yeah, you're 20 years too late, like you're out of date and all this mm. stuff. Um which is, is, I feel like everyone gets a thousand no's before they get one yes, so it's totally fine. But I think that's why there's such a distinction is that it's more poppy, uh, John Mayer stuff slash my own stuff, 
um, I look back at my lyric book and you can see exactly what's going on in my life depending on how depressing the lyric mm. ideas are. Um, versus I kind of see it as a whole separate bubble to like the kids stuff. Um, and again, it's, it's writing to a brief against not writing to a brief. Um, mm. So there's kind of separation. It's not necessarily a conscious separation. In terms of preferring happy or sad songs, I think my favourite is kind of this weird combination of the two. So we've just finished a musical lately and it's got, I think it we I want to say what it is, but I feel like it's out next year. So I'm going to have to wait a year. But um, we've just finished writing it and the end is like the two main characters come back together and everything's great. And it's like kind of a hopeful... Well, I guess from despair comes, oh, yeah, everything's, it's that happy ending. Um, and I feel like there is a, it's emotional, i.e. you get the kind of crying by the window. You've got that emotive feeling without it being a simple song about triangles. But then you've also got it's happy and it's not, kids can sing it without crying, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, and even when I look back at songs that I love, if you look at Annie, uh, what is it, Maybe? I think it's called Maybe Far Away that um definitely please auto tune that um that song is like that classic like hopeful it's so dramatic and it's i guess that's why i say it's cheesy but it gets me right in the feel so i guess that's like mm. the in between the two i guess mm, definitely <laughs> um i i like that i it reminds me of uh like inside out when you can't have one oh. without the other they kind of work together yeah um and i was thinking whilst you were saying that you've mentioned a few times that you decided like not to be the artist and kind of do this more behind the scenes role and i'd mm. like to know if there's anything that pushed you towards that or or why is it that like you didn't consider it before and then you did just because i think I, I recently did a talk to um students about working in the music industry mm. um i did this whole presentation about working on this side of the music industry so it's like working alongside artists rather than being an artist yeah um and I just wondered if you maybe had the same kind of thoughts as me yeah it's I think it's so hard I think because firstly I didn't know that there was I guess I thought Katy Perry writes all her own songs right she's a writer and an artist let's do that mm. um I think it's a tough one I Part of being a songwriter, the part that I love is that I can write stuff for kids and then I can write stuff for TV or for charities or whatever it is. Um, and you're not stuck in this one lane of, right, I've told everyone, I've told the world I'm this artist who does this stuff and I have to stay mm. in that lane. So I think partly it's that, I think some of it is a confidence thing and that I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait to gig, I love gigging. I hate gigging. Honestly, it's the worst. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I think... I'm my own worst critic to an extent that it's just not worth it's not worth the agony overthinking every note and line that um went down. So I think part of it is that also I don't want to say it's easy to go into. In terms of in terms of the personality that I think that probably you have to have in terms of being an artist and really pushing yourself, I think I need like a hype man <laughs> to like do that for me, you know? Um but yeah, I think the versatility of being a writer and being able to work with loads of different people is probably the main reason that it's like, okay, this is the path that I'm going to go down. Mm, yeah, I think it's also like a path that, as like as you said, like people just don't really know about it or consider it. Yeah. Or I think maybe you're like, oh, if I'm not the artist, I'm the manager. Yeah. But there's yeah. actually a whole other world of jobs. I mean, for me, I really like it because I still have my anonymity. Yes. You know, when you're like... I don't know in lockdown it's like I'm just not gonna wear makeup for weeks on end <laughs> yeah. and just go to the shop to buy milk and track suits Absolutely. you can't do that if you are Katy Perry yeah. well, you can but you will be circled yeah. in like one of those terrible magazines so <laughs> it's nice to not have to deal with that I couldn't yeah. I just couldn't do it honestly I think like 
I was thinking about it today. I on Instagram, it's I kind of have a work Instagram, if you like, where I'm putting myself forward as a songwriter, and I feel pressure with that. And I'm like nowhere near where I want to be in terms of like the height of my career, or even halfway there. I don't even feel like I'm at the halfway point. Um, so I think they must be really struggling. I think it's so hard, and it's just like such a sign of today's times of like there's just so much pressure behind looking a certain way and coming across like you know what you're doing which I definitely don't think I've ever felt like I know what I'm doing um which I kind of don't mind you know I feel like yeah I feel like it's such an unspoken thing of like well we're just winging it and hopefully it works out um so yeah another great thing if I'm feeling right now that it's like oh no what am I gonna post today I being an artist is like yeah couldn't do it (laughs) totally totally agree what what do you think is the halfway point of your career or what do you want to be the the sort of not end point but yeah I don't know, the height yeah yeah the height but I guess equally as you move towards that you realize that the height changes doesn't oh, it? Big but time. right now what do you yeah that's tough I think because the world of theatre just right now is not a thing it feels like a really dumb idea to be like yeah I want a show on the west end but if we're, re- if we're dreaming without kind of thinking about any kind of realistic mm, yeah there's no obstacles yeah, in yeah. This world. all right yeah. well then yeah let's go let's go ham uh <laughs> theatre yeah a show on the west end would be unreal I think that's always been a dream and I I managed to sidestep the fact that I nerdily played cello for like 10 years. Um, that's kind of where my musical training came from. Um, maybe that's why I think I'm not cool is that I play cello. Anyway. Um, <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. Um, but having had the whole orchestral background and like soundtracks and all that stuff, I do think that that's such a nice compromise between like the Disney thing and the classical thing and the pop thing is that musical theatre kind of sits nicely in the middle of that. Equally, I'd absolutely love to be the guys that wrote the soundtrack to Frozen. Also, their husband and wife. What a power couple. Absolutely. Find me a songwriter that wants to marry me and write the next Frozen, then I'm down. That's definitely the girl. Um, So, yeah, I think to be... When you say it like that, it sounds so... It's not even a success thing that I'm after. I think what comes with that is the influence that your songs have on masses of people, and that's the goal. I think when you break it down, and I've heard other people say this in your podcast, is like, when you break it down, all it comes down to is me writing a song, someone else, or hopefully more than one other person hearing it and being like, okay, this resonates with me. This resonates with me, sorry. Um, This makes me feel good, this whatever. And that they can almost interpret it as their own. And I think that's such a powerful thing to think that I could do, or anyone could do that en masse is like, perfect, let's go. Amazing. I think that's a perfect perfect answer <laughs> I wondered like the whole time we've been talking it's been it, it's felt like your your life revolves around music and it's it's in your family's mm. blood you know it's all there um and I guess arts in in general you said that sometimes you go for a walk or have a cup of tea when you feel like you need a little break from it do you have any other kind of um hobbies that that you do to kind of take you away from that because I think it can often feel like oh my goodness if I didn't have music what would I have as a music a lot of yeah. musicians yeah. feel like that so yeah what, totally. do you, what, what else do you kind of do to keep you sane yeah that's a great question I think I think it's funny people are like oh yeah you're, and I've had this kind of it's an observation that gets made quite a lot. Like, oh, you do so much music. And the awkward English girl inside of me always responds like, oh, yeah, it's because I'm not good at anything else. It's all I can do. But it's funny because it honestly is like all I do. But 
in terms of stress and and other stuff i think mental well-being the the go-to is exercise for me i'm a little bit i want to say gym bunny but gym rat with the amount that i sweat in the gym gym rat is definitely more accurate um so yeah things like that i think I'm quite outdoorsy. The more I grow up, the less I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like the outside. I'm more like, okay, nature is, I think because of the emotional impact that it has on me, just being outside and especially where I live, right by the sea, kind of mm. by the South Downs, super, super fortunate for that. But yeah, increasingly getting out, getting walks, getting some headspace and one can influence the other in terms of, uh, it sounds quite cliche, but getting some ideas where you're out and about and you're not thinking about music. Sometimes that's when it's, yeah. that's when it hits you most. Um, probably there's cause a lack of pressure or a lack of feeling like, right, okay, I have to come up with something. Mm. Um, it catches you off guard. So yeah, getting out, I think, like anyone else, spending time with family and friends. But again, because of the nature of my family, it very much does revolve around music. Um, Wonderful. So yeah, is that a, I've made my no, life sound so no. bland. No, <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, I was thinking there's one part of your bio that we didn't talk about, and I wondered if your love... Or at least, yeah, your enjoyment of exercise. Is that how your work with Sport Relief came about? Or was, which one started? Yeah, funny connection. Um, No, I wish. That would be, (laughs) I'd like to think that, I wish I looked good enough in the gym that someone from Sport Relief came up like, yeah, do you want to write a song? Um, It's it's actually a connection that my parents have had. They've done comic relief songs forever. And it's actually such a family affair because my eldest brother, Sam, and his wife, who I mentioned earlier, Chloe, they shot the video for the Sport Relief campaign and they've worked with Comic Relief since. There are videos of me on YouTube. Don't look this up. But there are videos of me we, on YouTube as a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, as a six-year-old or like maybe a little bit older, singing along to this Comic Relief track. And I remember feeling so annoyed because being the writer's kid, you can't get favorite like you can't be favoritized. Is that a word? Good. Um, you know what I'm going for right so I'm sat in the corner of this video with headphones that don't work so I'm like holding one can onto my ear and the other one's like honestly I have a face like a slapped ass I was not happy and that's like got a couple of hundred thousand views for the sport relief official page Um, but that's not what I'm referring to in my bio so it was last year Um, it's from my yeah apparent connection and they were like we've been working together for a while kind of established writing Um, so yeah it was kind of fun it was Again, that's such a prime example of like influencing kids with music in a way that you wouldn't think and combining kind of sport and exercise and making it fun. And mm. it's totally the opposite of sit by the window and watch the rain track. It's such a feel good, like raising money, good cause, getting exercise. It was pretty wholesome. That's probably the most wholesome moment of my career so far. Um, Is it still, are you sort of creature of habit at the moment? Have you found anything new in lockdown or? Um, yes, I found new stuff, but it's from old people that have bought out new stuff. All so good, kind good. of against the rules. Um, this isn't even that new, but I think that it's very relevant to what we've been chatting to. The track is called, I Guess I Just Feel Like, and it's John Mayer. And it's really honest. And I was at a gig of his a few years ago, back when that was okay. And he said like, this is one of the songs that made me no money. And I think it really did flop. But lyrically, it's just really beautiful and it's kind of chatting about the 
the social media world that we live in and no one's really honest and everyone's kind of lying to make it through and sounds really depressing when I say the lyrics but it's great I think you like it <laughs> I think that's perfect that's very good and I don't think there's anything wrong with like listening to old tracks we've got like a group uh, work playlist to kind of motivate us and I think people are really expecting to put us like brand new like UK artists on sometimes yeah. I do but a lot of time I'm like banging out like an old track that I'm like yeah, yeah this tried is so and tested. Good. yeah nice. exactly. it's had like 30 years to kind of Simmer and be a really cool thing. Yeah, obviously those are John the good Mayer's, ones. Yeah, John Mayer's obviously yeah, not yeah. thirty years simmering, but <laughs> a long time. Nearly, I feel like he's old. I definitely fancy him way too much for how old he is. He's, it's fun. he's definitely been around longer than longer than we think. I kind of feel yeah. that way about someone like Jamie Cullum that you mentioned earlier yeah. on. I was like, I forget he's been a huge pinnacle of sort of the UK jazz scene for at least like Big know, like twenty years. Yeah, like, but it doesn't seem that way. Maybe because he also looks so young. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he it's seems, very true. Seems like a nice guy. I used to really like oh, his, his radio He'd definitely show. be on the whole like, who could you have dinner with? Who would you want to meet? He'd be up there in the top five. Who who would you want to have dinner with? Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> if it was like, a, let's say, a dinner party for three, Jamie Cullum would be up there. I think Lin Manuel Miranda also would be up there. And yeah. then I want to go someone non-musical because I think that'd be pretty cruel to alienate them completely and for them to have no idea what we're talking about. Um, who would be cool? The Queen? That would be cool. I was really expecting you still to say like in. Dolly Parton or something like that. The, <laughs> queen of, the Queen of Songwriting. Yeah, the Queen of Songwriting. That's funny. Um, would you? Is she the Queen of Songwriting? Have I missed? I, 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 really... I think she is. I love her. Yeah. yeah. All right, if I'll you, be putting that on straight after this. If you like podcasts, actually, there is um, Dolly Parton's America, which is like a sort of eight eight-part series it's just phenomenal it's so if you like songwriting as well it's it's brilliant it's one of the best podcasts out there there's especially yeah. the jolene episode it's phenomenal yeah, it's amazing. really short <gasps> amazing really, it's really so sounds good. great right i know what i'm doing tonight <laughs> definitely it's kind of pitched as like america has so many problems mm. but they kind of come together for the love of dolly parton basically <laughs> amazing and it's just it's a phenomenal that's definitely my recommendation if Sounds great. I don't know why we're doing recommendations. We never do that, but yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you've got like trans folk coming together with cowboys from Texas. And like, it is actually incredible how she brings so many people together. Uh, yeah, love. That's a really good recommendation, actually. Naomi, thank you so much for speaking. Yes. Oh, thank thank you. you both. So nice to chat. Thanks for having me. It's been Anytime. wonderful. And uh, <laughs> where can we find you on social media and keep up to date yeah. with your stuff? Um, I'm I'm pretty bad with social media, but if, if I'm there, it's that songs by Naomi on Instagram, really. Thank you so much, um, Naomi. Thank you, guys. And um, we will see you next week. So keep it locked and keep it on repeat. Bye, everyone. Bye.